Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you all. That was fantastic. As always, um, I want to lift up a praise I have. Uh, I attended my first night of hope uh, Friday, and that was uh, fantastic. And Really enjoyed that. That's a great uh, outreach. I look forward to participating in more of those. So if you haven't, we're going to be looking for people to sign up so next, month. next month. We're recruiting right now. So it was it was fantastic and a terrific opportunity for outreach and to share our testimonies uh, with people that might not hear stories or might think church is for churchy people. And then hear our stories and our testimonies about God transforming lives. Um, it, was, it was really good. Um, you will be receiving an email with a survey link this week. Our, our uh, reopening strategy. I don't, do you all have a name, Jim? Uh, they're just, uh, we're, we know we're going to open sometime. And so we're getting in place uh, the, the rules and regulations so we can do that safely whenever that time might be. So if you, uh, you'll be getting that, we want you to participate in that survey. Anything else on that? That's good. All right, I want to give a shout out to um, uh, Fred and Bob. Uh, if you notice how clean the walls are, they painted this whole... I painted a little bit. I painted a little bit, but it was they did this on Friday and it looks great. I'm sure streaming wise. So we want to thank them. Um, also, I want to encourage you as part of we start thinking about our reopening strategy whenever that is. Uh, Another outreach that we can have is the face mask that we are ordering. So if you would like to have a Rockbridge face mask that will uh, advertise everywhere you go out in the world, uh, please sign up for those. Got a lot of stuff today. And then this is just more of a spiritual. I, I shared with you last week about Upmost for the Highest, a devotional that I have read and I, some of you have shared with me. And so anything I can help uh, give you some recommendations. One that I found, I talked to an a old associate of mine as far as a pastor, and he uh, was uh, recommended Lectio 365. It's a 10 minute uh, devotional, guided meditation, prayer, reading, and, and it's really good, very solid. Um, so I would recommend that to you if you're looking for something to start your day or take 10 minutes out of your day to refocus yourself. That's, that's a fantastic um, resource. All right, I think that's all the, the business I have. So let's get to our scripture. As we continue in our uh, soul reset, and let me remind you, we're still meeting on Sundays. We have uh, a group that meets and also Wednesday nights at 8.30, Sundays at 7 o'clock. So if you want to participate, um, they've been really good as far as sharing and uh, Resetting our souls. So, all right. Our scripture this week as we continue in the series is in Job uh, chapter 17, beginning in verse 6. Listen for the word of the Lord. God has made me a byword to everyone, a man in whose face people spit. My eyes have grown dim with grief. My whole frame is but a shadow. The upright are appalled at this. The innocent are, acute, are aroused against the ungodly. 
Nevertheless, the righteous will hold their ways, and those with clean hands will grow stronger. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that you would guide the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth, that each one that is gathered and each one that is viewing, Lord, that they would receive the message that you have for them today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Job, during the pandemic, a, a very um, risky, risky uh, uh, scripture to be talking about, just the whole book of Job. Most of you are familiar somewhat with Job, and uh, he is a faithful, righteous man, and God pretty much has this uh, discussion with Satan about the righteous man Job, and, and he kind of hands him over. God doesn't cause all these things, but he kind of lifts his protection, if you will. And that's a pretty hard read, but I think it's intended to be a hard read. It's intended to be a hard lesson. And, and Job was a very successful, very righteous uh, man of God. He had land, he had sheep and donkeys and just everything that you would want. He had, he had family, and he lost it all one by one, even got sick and with sores. I mean, it's just, the, the visual is of a man that is lost everything. A man that is suffering. A man that is not just spiritually and emotionally, but physically sick. And so it, it, it is a little bit of a conflict, especially when we have this kind of rosy picture that everything with God is, is once we receive Christ, it's all downhill, right? So it kind of changes that view, but what I want us to focus on is Job's response because he, it says that he's a righteous man of God. The best, and the, the only one found in all the earth at this time. But it is in his response that all that, to all that's going on, it's in his response to God that we see his righteousness. And I'm going to get to that in just a, a, a second, a little side note. Um, one of the stories of, of Job is the friends that come to help him, right? They come and they give him these long-winded speeches. Those are Job's words, not mine. And so they, they're friends that try to come and help, and they don't do a very good job because they talk at him. And actually, Job says, he goes, you guys are horrible at this. All right, you have these long-winded speeches, you come to comfort me, and you are the worst comforters I could imagine. And so there's a lesson in there for us when we know somebody that is going through something, oftentimes we try too hard to fix it or to give them the advice that's going to uh, be the ticket, that's going to be the magic words they need to hear. And sometimes we just need to listen. And we, we just need to be there for the people. As a pastor, uh, as church people, that's, that's the most important thing. You know, you don't, I'm not going to have all the answers in all the situations. You walk into some pretty harsh situations. And people share with you some of the most difficult moments. And I'm not always going to have an answer for them. But the key for us 
when we are in that position, is to just show up and just to be there, to be faithful. Don't, because you don't have the answers, don't let that push you away. Just show up. One of the best sermons I heard in a, a seminary down at Austin Prez um, was from a person that wasn't a pastor. He was married to one of the pastors, one of the teachers, uh, but he was in human resource. And he talked about being a pastor and all this was like at the very beginning of our classes, like the first day orientation and he was the speaker. And he told us, you're going to go through a lot of things. You're going to be put in a lot of situations. And especially as a young pastor, you're not going to know what to do or what to say. But he says, the one thing more, than, more important, you're going to, as you begin your seminary career, you begin your pastorate. The one thing, the most important thing, is to show up. Trust God and show up. And just be there. And let God use you. Let God work through you. We don't have to figure it all out. So, side note about how we comfort people. But let's get to Job's response. We see his response to his comforters. They were not good. But what is Job's response to his situation? What is Job's response to what God has, where he finds himself? It is in his response, or response is, that we find why he is righteous. We begin to learn why he is righteous. And the first response that we see from Job is, is kind of in our text. It's definitely surrounded our text in 16 and 19. And the first response that we know that Job is a righteous man and, the, and what righteousness is in the eyes of God is that Job was faithful. In all things, he questioned God, why am I here? Why am I going through this? Why are, does it seem evil people prosper? He questioned, he had some questions from God, and I think they were warranted. But he never doubted God. He never doubted who God is. He never doubted God's sovereignty. He never doubted God's greatness. Listen to, um, from chapter 16. All was well with me, but he shattered me. He seized me by the neck, and he crushed me. He has made me a target. His archers surround me without pity. Again and again, they burst upon me. I have sewed sackcloth over my skin and buried my brow in, my du in the dust. My face is red and weeping, and it goes on. Just more and more calamity and all. He describes it all. And then he gets and he says, but even now... My witness is in heaven. My advocate is on high. The intercessor is my friend. What? <laughs> After all we just read? Yet he still know God is with him. And then you go to 19, I won't read it all, but go read. It's even longer. Though I cry violence, I get no response. Though I call help, there is no justice. He has blocked my way. I cannot pass. He has shrouded my paths. And it just goes on and on for the entire chapter. And after all of that, he says, but I know my Redeemer lives. And that in the end, he will stand on earth. 
And after my skin has been destroyed, yet will my flesh, I will see God. What? After all he's gone through, yet here he can still say his Redeemer lives. And God is sovereign and God is almighty. So he is faithful in his response to everything that happens. He's, he has some questions for God and that's okay. We're, we're just human and we're fallible and we're sinful and, and we're limited. Scripture says now we see but through a veil. So it's okay. Well, I'm, we're going to have some questions for God. A lot of them. But that's different than questioning God. Job never questions who God was and God's glory. He never questioned that he was his redeemer. Through all of this, throughout the whole ordeal in Job, he never questioned. And so we see in his response tremendous faithfulness. So the first thing when we say, what is a righteous man, a righteous woman of God? Faithfulness. Faithfulness in all things, the mountaintops and the valleys. In the worst, then that's the part of Job. Job's supposed to be extreme because in the, the extreme nature of what has happened to him and how he has been afflicted, we see the extreme faithfulness that he has. And in that response, we begin to learn what a righteous person in God is. Sometimes when we think righteous, we're talking about someone that does all the right things, someone that never messes up, someone that does the whole church thing. It's more of a morality. Now, it's part of it. But Scripture says all of sin, all have fallen short of glory. None of us are going to be perfect and so we're going to fall short at some point. So it's not just about that, but it, it, I might not be able to perf be perfect all the time, but I can be like Job and be faithful all the time. So the first response we see is faithfulness. The second response we see is repentance. You know, when you get to the end of Job, and I went back and read the whole book this, it had been a while since I read it, so I, I read the whole book this week. And when you see all that he has gone through, just from the sickness, from the loss of every worthy foundation that he had, you see all that he had gone through, and he, and he questions, he gets a little upset with God saying, where is the justice here? And at the end, God speaks to him, and instead of continuing to question God and his fairness and his justice, well, you know what Job does? He repents. He repents for any question that might have been in his heart, any lack of faithfulness. After all of this, Job repents. And when you look at it theologically, that is the primary thing. Faithfulness and a repentant heart is what makes us righteous. If we follow the theology of Scripture, all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. None of us are righteous but one. So, when we say righteousness is not being righteous in the perfect sense all the time. Because we are not righteous. 
right? That is the whole point of Scripture. We need a Savior. That is the whole point of the Old Testament, to show us that we can't be faithful enough. We can't be righteous enough. We need a Savior. The law points to our inadequacies and our need for a Savior. And it is through Christ that we receive righteousness. His faithfulness becomes our faithfulness. His righteousness becomes our righteousness. So what makes a human being righteous? If you look at the totality of Scripture, it is a repentant heart. A repentant heart. And I didn't understand that when I was a young Christian. When I was in my 20s, I was living out in West Texas, went from Chicago uh, 6A high school, had 2,500 kids in my school, to Rotan, Texas, 1,900 people. And out there, I was going to my wife's Baptist church, and I thought I had the call to ministry. And then I, and I was so excited, I remember the place, I remember going talking to my wife, I said, I think I'm going to be a pastor, and then I backed off, because I was a young Christian. I didn't know if it was emotionalism. And, and I didn't, I thought, because I didn't grow up. We talk about testimonies at Night of Hope. I didn't give mine, but I got one. And I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up very worldly. And so I began to question, or maybe Satan began to have me question. Yeah, you know, Jim, guys like you don't grow up and become pastors. It's guys that are, are, are women who have walked the aisle when they're five years old and have lived the perfect, pious lives. Those are pastors. Those are righteous. Understand, I didn't understand Scripture yet. I was just learning. And so I backed off. I said, man, I don't, maybe not. Guys like me aren't supposed to be pastors. And then I had a hunger for Scripture, so I began to read and read. And this was over probably a year or two's time we had moved to the Methodist church and one day I had this epiphany I was reading scripture and I was reading about David and remember my my understanding of righteousness was a, a little on the piety morality I didn't it was based on our works on my righteousness I didn't understand and I began to read about David and I began to read uh, about all this guy did. And I remember one day after I got through some of the stories, after he was called out by uh, Nathan for his adultery and for his uh, murder. And I was like, man, this dude broke every commandment there was. And on the outside looking in, you say, David, you hear David as a non-Christian. Oh, he's a righteous man of God. And then you start reading and say, man, he broke every commandment. How is he righteous? And then it dawned on me. The Holy Spirit gave me a revelation. It's because when I read when Nathan called him out. And he, he said, what have you done? And he told him the story of the guy with many sheep and no sheep. And I don't have time to go into it. But he called him out. Called the king out. On what he had done wrong, on his sin. And David did not have to listen to that. He could have had him killed. He could have had him put in a dungeon if they had dungeons. They, you know, they, he didn't have to listen to it. And when he was called out on his sin, what did he do? Psalm 51. Oh my gosh, what have I done? And I read Psalm 51 as this all started to be pieced together. And that's David pouring out his heart 
for forgiveness and repentance of his sin. And it just clicks. Ah, that's what makes us righteous. A repentant heart. A repentant heart that confesses Christ and we receive his righteousness. I was like, I can be a pastor. Right? And so it is having a repentant heart that makes us righteous. Because it is not our righteousness that we see. It is a repentant heart in Christ that we receive his faithfulness and his righteousness. And so we see the things that make us righteous in the response of Job to all that has taken place. A righteous person as a Christian is faithful and repentant. When Jesus begins his, his ministry in, in the Gospel of Mark, and we say these words every uh, Ash Wednesday, right? Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Repent and faith. Repent and faith. That's what makes us righteous. And we receive that in the response of Job. And then, to close, I want us to maybe have a reflective question to take with us. See, Job made it through this. And the reason he was righteous was his repentant heart and his faithfulness in God. That was his foundation. One of the stories of Job is that he lost everything. Everything. And yet, his foundation was God. So when he lost everything, he wasn't alone. Even in the midst of his suffering and his conflict and his affliction, he still had God. And that's something for us to remember. To ask ourselves, what is my foundation? Maybe it's our family. It's a good foundation. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's material. Well, one thing this pandemic might, have, might help us to see that we don't have 100% control. And things that we think could never happen might happen. And if that happens to us, if we had that worst case scenario that... that um, uh, that Job experience, would we have that firm foundation, that rock? Do, would we have Jesus? Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, build your house on the rock so that when the winds and the rains and the storms come, that it will not be washed away. But you're Foundation is firm upon the rock of Jesus Christ. Then you can weather all storms. Then when everything is taken, who catches you? So, reflect on if you were in Job's situation, what would your response be? What would your foundation be? We all could have a firmer foundation. We all can walk more faithfully. And we all can have a more repentant heart. That's how we are, have a righteous response to whatever this world throws at us. Let us pray.
Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you for your faithfulness and for your righteousness. That in your great mercy you have given us opportunity to receive your righteousness, your faithfulness through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is in his holy name we pray. Amen.